The last year has brought up many painful reminders of our fallen world, not the least of which is being racial divisiveness. I don't want to ignore the tension that exists, and I want to do my best to raise children who embrace God's creativity in all of its wonderful forms. Author and speaker Trillia Newbell joins me today to discuss how God uses diversity to reflect his image. I'm Tina. I'm a wife and stay-at-home mom of three boys. Life is full of crazy, and I want to share it with you. I really want to do this podcast, but like you, I don't always have time to sit down and record. So we're going to fold laundry, bake, do all the things together while we talk. I'm glad you're here to walk through life with me. I am extremely pleased to have Trillia Newbell here on the podcast with us today. We've not met, but I already feel as though I know you pretty well just from reading your book and you've been you've been such a blessing to our family and to our children. Would you mind just sharing a little bit about yourself, your family, what you enjoy just to give the listeners a, an idea for who you are? Yeah. Well, it is um, a joy to be here. And it's funny because I don't know how to sum up who I am in like two minutes. So, <laughs> but I have um, two wonderful children, um, a 14 and 11 year old, which is amazing. And my husband and I have been married for 18 years, which is crazy to me. And I live outside of Nashville, Tennessee. I have written several books and different genres and um, write and speak and actually work for Moody Publishers. So it's it's been a joy to get to um, kind of live in the publishing space and do ministry. And so, um, so yeah, so what do I enjoy? I love being outside and I have no idea where you are, but we are live in Tennessee. So right now it's sunny. And so we're just so grateful for that. From talking to my peers and some listeners, I think that we could learn a great deal about how and why diversity matters as we're raising young children. We want to celebrate God's creativity, like your your new book is even titled Creative yes. God. We want to celebrate that and raise our children who do that as well. But much of Christianity past and even some circles today, that has become more of a taboo topic of conversation. Um, don't want to don't want to go there, make a big deal about it. How can we do better today? Yeah. So, gosh, that's a a that question we could talk about for the next you know several years. So, but I think one of the problems is, is that we just haven't taught well about what the scriptures say. So what does the scripture say about people and why we should um, enjoy people for who they are? So for example, if we just start with Genesis one and understanding the foundation of Imago Dei, the image of God, then that should transform this conversation. But we've also taken the scriptures, if you're talking about 
our history and twisted them and taken them out of context. So we've got to unlearn and relearn quite a bit. But then also we have politicized it. So because it's so wrapped up in politics, often people won't engage in this very needed and helpful conversation, at least won't engage well. So I think that um, how can we help? I think one, we've got to not be apath- apathetic about it. We have to ask the Lord to have that we have some um, vigor and and interest in this topic because it affects our neighbor and it affects us and how we view our neighbor. Um, and then we need to get in our Bibles and read what does God's word say about this and how are we to view and ultimately love others and how can we do it in light of our differences and then we do have to um rescue it from the culture i think of some and 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 not um it's not actually a taboo conversation though it has become something that is um taboo it's not it shouldn't be it should be easy to talk about these things um but but because we so often um take the conversation and put it, make it a political affiliation or a liberal or conservative thing rather than, okay, what does the Bible say? It becomes that. And so I do think we need to kind of rescue it from that um, as people who love Jesus and be informed by what Jesus says. So those are just some of the things. And that is like (laughs) high level things that we, we need to do, you know. How has your ministry been affected in the last, I don't know, 10 months, you know, since May? Because May things just went a little crazy. I'm originally from Minnesota, so I was very, um, I was watching the news a lot and trying to figure out what's going on. How has how has that impacted your ministry in this area? I know your ministry goes into other areas. Yeah, just how has it been affected or has it changed anything? Yeah, that's a great question. Okay, so I write Bible studies. I do all sorts of things. And that's what you're referring to in regards to um, my other ministry. Uh, I I think how it's affected what I do, I think it's just um, more ignited, ignited a, a passion for to continue to get these resources, God's very good idea and creative God, colorful us into the hands of parents so that they can be equipped so that they can understand how to communicate with just the very foundation of the truth and the basics of our faith with their kids. So that when you see something like the murder of George Floyd or something that's on the news, you know how to respond and and how to why people are mourning if you're if you're not mourning yourself, which I would argue we all should be. Um, and so I think there's there's that that there's a, a a equipping that I think has happened since since the for the last ten months, and and it's also been yeah. So it's it has I I was gonna say the summer was hard. The summer was difficult, and it was probably mostly because. It's it's hard it's hard to lament and teach all at the same time, and I was doing a lot of that, and so I found it was a difficult season of lamenting and trying to 
communicate clear and effective truth while also being sorrowful and sorrowful at the state of our nation, speaking specifically the United States, um, sorrowful at the state of our division in the church and um, how confusing things get. And so there was just a lot of things, I think, that that were just very difficult. But in regards to what I do, it just ignited a desire to keep going. And that's worth it. It's, it really is worth it, even if people don't think it is. Or like you say, people are fearful to communicate like the taboo kind of thing. I, I do think it gives a it gives a found a place for someone to begin. Where can we begin? I, as a matter of fact, and this will be the last thing I say on this one is um, creative God colorful us. I've heard from parents how they have been affected. Yes. <laughs> from reading it. Yeah. Yes. And so I, I it, it's actually, it's been really encouraging to see, okay. And this is the same thing with, it, I mean, kids books, they, they really can minister to parents. And so it's, I'm glad for that. And I think that the Lord can use all things. So Josh and I, we both grew up in Wisconsin, Minnesota, and not a lot of diversity in our very small farm towns. And so knowing now that we're putting our boys into you know, public school and they're going to see more diversity, I wanted to know, how do I handle this? How do I explain this? So we got God's very good idea. And I was just blown away by the simplicity. And there were so many, well, duh, moments. And <laughs> like, uh, how did I not realize? Of course, of course, this is how we can. And, and it's not, you know, the only way. But of course, this is how we can talk about it. It just made so much sense. And, and now that the boys are a little bit older, I actually, I think they have God's a very good idea memorized. <laughs> Because, well, my husband recorded himself reading it when he would travel so that they would just be listening to it on repeat over and over and over again. And they loved it. And they were picking out their friends in the pictures and, and, oh, this looks like so-and-so and and -and so-and-so because I just love it. Um, So we got the Creative God Colorful Us. And now we've gone through that with our older two, the six and eight-year-old. And they have been just very good and just even explaining, you're having an issue with your brother right now. This isn't even, this isn't like a racial, anything like that. It's just you have an issue with your brother. And it just comes down to kindness, considering others, because we're in God's image. And I just love, it, it just... It just applies all over the place. So yes, it has affected parents. Oh, that's so <laughs> um, encouraging. <laughs> so I'm 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 thankful for that resource as well. And it just really simplifies the presentation of it. How did the timeline of writing that work? I were you already working on Creative God Colorful Us before everything last summer? Yeah. So what happened was I saw everything blow up and I was like, that's why I said it kind of ignited something in me. I told my boss, hey, I think there's room to keep, to teach the older kids about race and the gospel. We we don't have anything for that middle, that, that middle grade kind of six to 12 year old, 13 probably. And, and it would be helpful, I think, for parents 
who are eating needed. They're, they're, I, I was getting questions and I was like, okay, I, there, I get a lot of age appropriate questions. So what, what age appropriate should we do this, that, or the other? And so <laughs> I contacted him and I was like, hey, I'm thinking this is a resource that might be helpful. And I wrote it in a month. I just did it. Oh, wow. I just, I'm not, I don't even know if it was that long. I just took a couple of nights and just went like crazy writing. It was insane. It was insane, insane the amount of work in a very short period of time to get it ready. But I, um, I saw a need and I was motivated to get it out there because I just, I just think, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's something that a lot of parents there, they want to equip their kids in. They want to teach. They want to have the words to say. And sometimes, like you said, it's, it's, you have aha moments on things that you probably, I mean, it's right there, you know, but it's, it's easier to sometimes for someone else to show and teach and God has gifted me in those things. So I want to do it if he's called me to it. And it was really clear for a number of reasons. And so that's how creative God came, creative God, colorful less came about. It was not something that was planned (laughs) at all. It was something that we kind of took off in, in a real huge step of faith. Uh, you you had just, or you were maybe currently still working on your Hebrews 11 study. On top of that, talking about faith. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, well, I was part of the launch for yes, that. Thank you. <laughs> and um, so going through it, it I, I wasn't sure. Um, we had just, well, we didn't actually finish the book of Hebrews because pandemic but um our sunday school class was going through like just very in um intensively going through hebrews which Mm -hmm. for so long i've just kind of written off of i don't think i understand hebrews i'll stick to the other epistles you know which which, yeah that's a great (laughs) that's a great attitude to have but um so going into your launch i was trying to you're like, I wonder, you know, what, what else she can bring out. And, and so, um, was that it, like, did that kind of encourage you to leap by faith for the new book, the creative God, colorful us? I mean, like, did that go hand in hand at all? The Hebrews 11 study did not affect it. It wasn't, I, I, I do think I tend to step out in faith and what the, that study did was just inspire me to continue to trust the Lord as I step out in faith (laughs) and to trust that he will be with me and through trials and sufferings and um, all things. Um, But, but I do tend to operate in what, what's the need? What's the thing that may be out there, but no one knows about, or that I can actually do with the gifts that God has given me and my limitations and how can I best serve the church? So that's what I'm asking myself. So creative God colorful us came from that question. Okay. I am getting inundated with questions from parents. They need age appropriate um, 
ways of communicating and teaching and equipping their kids, I am limited, but here's what I do know. I know what this most what the scriptures say, and I think I commun- can communicate it in a way that can help put words for the for for the parents and help the 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 young reader read and e- apply this the truth of uh, God's word. And so my agent and I have joked that I need to write a book on just doing things, like just going for it, because I tend to do that. <laughs> like I'm not, I just I pray. And then I'm like, let's do this thing. Have you always been that way? Just kind of you see a need and you fill it or or do you kind of wrestle with it? I am not a wrestle with kind of person. I I kind of just like jump to feet. I <laughs> go for it kind of you know, if I if it makes sense and it can serve our family and serve the church and um, I'm going to try it. I'm going to do it. I'm, But it all depends on what it is, right? Of course. Like if it makes sense with what, how God has gifted me, I'm, I'm not going, I'm not, I'm not adventurous. Like, oh, I'm going to jump out of a plane and not like that kind of adventurous. <laughs> I'm most, yeah, I'm more like, okay, what is God, what's the gifts that God has given me and how can I utilize? How can I serve? What can I do? And so that is what Yeah. So I have always kind of been that way. Yeah. (laughs) Well, we're so thankful for your service in that way. Your books alone have started a lot of conversations for us. We've been reading through Creative God, Colorful Us, and we're able to talk about how God has used diversity to show the world who he is. Can you share a little bit about how you have used the idea of diversity in your gospel witness? The gospel is... Jesus died on the cross for every tribe, tongue, and nation. Anyone who would believe, it's um, we know that uh, Jesus he that he said that he came to save the world, and and so that's everyone. Um, if we place our faith and trust in his finished work, we can know him. But then he gives a multi ethnic mission to go and make disciples of all nations, and so I, I think it's just a core part of how we are to be thinking. Now, we all don't live in, I I think most of us live in semi-diverse communities. Um, And so we can go out and see uh, people and and people of all all different um, backgrounds and ethnicities. But but it's, it's not something that I, I really think needs to be controversial or especially for those who know Jesus because one we have this multi-ethnic mission and then we'll all be the veil of hostility has been torn in the body of Jesus Christ making one new man Ephesians 2 and then we're all going to be worshiping together and so what I long to see for the church is that it would no longer be this angsty conversation, but it one that's filled with joy and delight in our differences. And, and so how do we do that? Or how does the gospel apply? The gospel applies in all sorts of way. And how do we do that practically? I think part of it is just looking outside your door. And yes, in these COVID days where we are um, kind of 
a little bit more insular than we may desire. And it's harder for us to get out and be in a part of um, the community. I, I think we, we, we recognize that we don't put, we don't need to put some kind of weird pressure on ourselves. Um, it's, I think ultimately it's about our heart. It, are our hearts bent towards loving our neighbor or not? Like, do we see people the way Jesus does or not? Um, do we, are, are we self sinfully partial to those who look like us? Or are we not? So we need to just have those real conversations so that when we do engage or see people who don't look like us, it we're we're not, we're able to do it with freedom and joy and without this fear. And so I I think that we kind of oftentimes overcomplicate it. It's just a matter of just being a part of communities and and reaching out into those communities. And so, yeah, so I, I, I think looking around, seeing our neighbor, com, um, being a part of those communities, um, getting to know people who don't look like us, inviting them into your home when we can, <laughs> when that's a thing again. And um, yeah, I, I, inviting them to church, or just being normal. Normal is good. It's like someone asked me recently, um, it, I, I don't remember what, how it was phrased, but it was something like, how do I engage my black friend? Because I'm, I'm nervous about having these conversations. And I just thought we don't, we don't, we don't all, we don't approach friends typically with these like tiptoey kind of, or we shouldn't, we should be able to engage these conversations with, with wisdom and grace. You know, we don't want to have words that are harmful and hurtful. Um, But when we have fear, it just hinders our relationships. And I don't believe you can really truly love a person that you're afraid of. So you, you've got to ask God to help change your heart and your mind um, and root out whatever's hindering that before I think you can engage healthy. No, what you're talking about, it reminds me a lot. Um, the boys and I just read through Acts this last month. And so it, it just reminds me of the spreading of the early church, you know, with the apostles going out to those who, you know, were, they were Gentiles, you know, they were, they were different. Like that didn't stop them because they were just so excited about the good, the good news. Absolutely. So if we're talking about gospel mission, then we aren't going to be looking, we're going to be thinking, okay, who knows Jesus and who doesn't? We want all people to know him. And so it's, it it transforms, I think, the way that we engage with people when we know that they're made in the image of God, that we all fall short of the glory of God. We So we've got Genesis 1 and Genesis 3, right? And so when we that we all need Jesus. Um, so, so I think that that is, it, it, it just should transform the way we view people. So you've got a couple of really great resources then for 
parents and children for the for the entire family with your two books do you know of any other I mean the bible but any other good resources in that area I always get stuck on the extra resources thing because I never have them in front of me but for parents um, or for adults, I would just say it's really helpful, especially in the context of the United States, to read about our history. And so there's lots of different things that you can do, the warmth of other suns. There's lots of things. But I, I do believe that if you can start there, um, that helps, I think, understand where we are now and why we see so much of the tension. Because I think a lot of people think we, because our laws have changed we are way ahead of where we are. For example, I'm in an interracial marriage and our marriage wasn't legal in the United States until 1970. So that's not that long ago. We need to understand those things and kind of wrestle with that and see, okay, sit in that for a minute so that we can understand, okay, we aren't that far from when we were segregated. We need to then, there's still work to be done. So I think that would be what I would encourage um, because, because I do think that there's lots of other things that, and other resources and, um, but that is something I think that is neglected and it might help build some understanding. And there's lots of resources and you, Go and research it and look for um, look for like The Warmth of Other Suns is a book that I would recommend. And then I would say you can there's so much available now that I would just encourage people to do the do the hard work of researching. And also um, it, my book United, which is for adults, has some resources in the back that are listed. And so that's a that's something that that um, could be even an extra resource for um, parents to just kind of look and see. And I'll be sure to include some of those in the show notes for this episode. Now, we talked about the past 12 months briefly before, but with everything that has happened in our nation, who has God shown himself to be in your life and ministry? Unchanging always faithful, always good. And so God does not change. And that is good news when the world's on fire and everything seems to be in chaos and there's unrest and that we have a God who's stable. Woo! Praise God. And a God who will never leave us or forsake us. That's what God is. He, he is he is the only true and certain person, and I I lean on him, and that is who he has been um, throughout this whole year. Is just a steady, faithful friend. I I love hearing how God is revealing Himself, or you know who how we're picking out God in in the different tough times. Because I know for myself, I can definitely get bogged down with all of the crazy and all of that heavy, and I forget to see who God is. I I was following your Black History Month work with, with your children to pull out different cultural aspects and, and, you know, whether it be a meal you're eating or going to a museum. I love that. Like, when did you start doing that? 
And how have you seen it impact how your kids see the world around them? One of the things that we do and that I recommend all families do is that we try to bring history and culture and differences to our table. And so for Black History Month, for example, we will um, like do all sorts of things. Last year, we listened to music and had themes for the week and based on a cookbook called Jubilee. It was so much fun. And this year, it has been really interesting because in the middle of it, we had a snowstorm that kind of halted everything we were doing, but we were doing experiences. So we were experiencing Black History Month. So we went to, to a museum and we went to, we were going to do a walking tour of sit-ins in Nashville. And so we were doing different experiences to kind of live out Black history in, in a certain way. And I cooked through a cookbook um, um, made by women in Africa, um, which isn't necessarily Black History Month as we would think of American Black history, but I thought it would be just fun. <laughs> and so, but we haven't just kept done that for uh, Black history. We have also uh, cooked through Asia. Yes, we cooked through Europe. We This month, I've had a request because I believe it's Irish Heritage Month or something. <laughs> to, or I know St. Patrick's Day is this, I believe this month, to cook a Irish meal. And so we are so, we just are engaged in various cultures. And now, will I, well, to, I, I very well could have an Irish person in my home. That's not hard to say, but will I have someone from um, the uh, Cameroos Islands, if I said that right, where I cooked a meal from there, but will I actually have a person from, maybe, maybe not, you know? Um, so it's just a real neat way to engage in culture and to learn about people, not just through their food, through the history, which we study, through um music and culture and even their political systems. So we just have a lot of fun learning about the nations. And I have um, a book on praying for martyrs or and praying for um, the persecuted church. So we are not just learning about cultures and difference in people for the fun of it, though we are, but also so that we can have a heart to love them. Even, all of these people, all of these cultures, we may never ex get to be there, you know, in person or have them in our home um, in in the physical sense, but we get to have them and it's preparing our hearts to love our neighbor so that if we do engage with maybe a refugee or maybe um, someone who's who is new to our area or whatever it is, we have prepared ourselves to enjoy and delight already. And so I highly encourage people to do likewise. I think it's healthy to get kind of out of our norm and get to know people people in this way. Um, and we just have such so many resources. We're almost without excuse. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's Black history. But I wanted to explain that we do that well beyond. And we also engage on Black history beyond Black History Month. Um, yeah. But it's it's just a joy to be able to do those things, I think, with my with our family. 
Yeah. yeah, I enjoy cooking as well. And the idea of cooking through cooking throughout the continents or whatever, that, that sounds like a lot of fun. And just thinking about it makes me excited for the revelation scene, you know, yes. where it's all nations and tongues. And that's just, it's just going to be so cool. Um, how young were your children when you started like bringing out the different cultures and, and foods and all that? Yes. So I am in an interracial marriage and my husband is from, well, his mom is from Great Britain. So from the very beginning, we were talking about difference and different cultures and to have biracial kids. I mean, they, they noticed mommy was brown and daddy was peach. That's what they called him. <laughs> and so, so we kind of had this natural bent towards it, but it's also how we grew up. I, you know, thinking about people and difference and, and, and so from, I don't remember, like when they were zero, <laughs> as they got older, we started to engage more and, and do more things. But I, I would say it was kind of a natural part of just the way, the way our, our home is and the way my, both of my husband and I are, our hearts. We have just a desire to engage in culture and difference. And so it was, it was kind of natural. It wasn't, none of this has been forced. It was just kind of a fun, natural way that we just live. I want to thank Trillia again for the time she shared with us. She was such a joy to talk to and learn from. Trillia has authored several books, and I've linked those in the show notes. And I've also included some of the resources she discussed in our conversation. 